She's a small wonder. I'd like you both to meet Vicky. A child unlike other girls. And that's a real kid, right? No, no, it's a robot. Made of plastic. Microchips here and there. You're my voice input child identical. V I C I I pronounce it Vicky. Everyone, this is Angela Bowen, the host of many 80s-centered TV show podcasts like Punky Brewster, The Wonder Years, Silver Spoons, and Growing Pains, and also Mr. Belvedere. Now I'd like to aim my focus on another 80s television show, Small Wonder. So this episode is going to be an introduction episode for the podcast entitled She's a Small Wonder. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a little background information courtesy of, you know, Wikipedia, and then I think I'll jump on IMDb and kind of go from there and see what they have, just in case you guys don't know a whole lot about the show. And I know about Wikipedia, you know, I take what they say with a grain of salt because people can go in and edit and do whatever they want, and same thing with IMDb, but... Alright, now, first of all, before I get into the actual history of the show, I'd like to give a little of my history, which isn't a whole, whole lot, but I do remember actually watching this show, most likely when it was on in syndication. The show's first-run syndication, of course, ran from September 7th, 1985 to May 20th of 1989. So Small Wonder never touched the 80s. They were just on the cusp. The same thing with um, Silver Spoons. Their final season was actually in 87. So they never even got... Mr. Belvedere, I do believe, did get to... Their final season might have been in 1990. So they just, like, uh, edged the rim of the 90s. Alright, the show chronicles the... Mm, guys, I'm sorry if I mm, sound like I'm yawning. I, like, just woke up, like, less than an hour ago. So, uh, I probably still have a little bit of sleep in my voice. Mm. The show chronicles the family of a robotics engineer who, secret, bleh, who secretly creates a robot modeled after a human girl and then tries to pass it off as their adopted daughter. That's the thing, though, with this. he, bring, he um, Ted Lawson, it's the Lawson family, Ted Lawson is an engineer and he creates this robot... And he brings this robot home, and this robot seemingly looks like a 10-year-old girl. And, of course, this guy is thinking, how is this going to work? We have to keep her inside and keep her hidden from everybody, or people are going to ask questions. Which, they do. They do have issues with, um, I think CPS is called. Uh, they have to have a doctor at one point come in and examine this child I, to make sure that it's healthy. Eventually, I believe Vicky does start going to school with Jamie. Um, the mother, I believe, is actually, ja- Joan is actually Jamie's teacher. I remembered that for a fact. And I remember, I think the one thing is they always have Vicky and her red and white 
I don't want to say housekeeping dress, but um, this frilly dress. Eventually, I think, I thought, like, later on in the series, like, maybe, like, season three, they start letting her wear, like, normal, like, dressing her like a normal 10-year-old girl would dress, which they should have done that from the get-go. You don't want people to be suspicious. Put her in other clothes. I mean, come on. The storylines revolve around Vicky, V-I-C-I, an acronym for Voice Input Child Identikit, pronounced Vicky, V-I-C-K-I, an android in the form of a 10-year-old girl. Vicky was built by Ted Lawson, an engineer-slash-inventor for United Robotics, in an effort to assist handicapped children. Does Vicky do that at all in the time that she lives with this family in Four Seasons? I don't know, but I'm going through all the episodes, so hopefully we'll find out if she does this. The robot is taken home by Lawson so that it can mature within a family environment. Vicky's features include superhuman strength and speed, an AC outlet under her right arm, a data port under her left arm, and an access panel in her back. Despite this, the Lawson family initially tries to pass Vicky off as an orphaned family member whom they eventually legally adopted as their daughter. Well, I guess the stories go. I guess this is about as uh, tight-knit as... Well... I guess it's about as tight-knit as you can get, right? But then again, there's going to be more questions. Who's the family? Does she have a birth certificate? Where'd she come from? The Lawson family tries to keep the robot's existence a secret, but their disagreeable neighbors, the Brindles, keep on popping up at the most unexpected times, especially nosy next-door neighbor, Harriet. I never liked Harriet. I never liked this girl. Even when I watched this show on TV as a kid, I ranked her up there with Steve Urkel, Kimmy Gibbler, and some other annoying neighbor, probably, what, Skippy from Family Ties? Yeah. But no, Harriet is nosy, like, a whole other level of nosy. Okay, oh, oh! Harriet's father happens to be Ted Lawson's co-worker. I remember Brandon Brindle. He didn't seem to have a lot going up, uh, going on upstairs, if I remember correctly. The show's humor frequently derived from Vicky's attempts to learn human behavior, behavior, her unprecedented echolalia. The robot's literal interpretation of speech and the family's efforts to disguise the robot's true nature. To explain child actress Tiffany Brissett's aging during the show, oh, this is interesting, the series, series producers had Tiv. My gosh, guys, I can't even get through this without. Blah, 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 blah. Mm, I just had a sip of some pop. Probably that'll help my, uh, my mumbling. Okay, here we go. To explain child actress Tiffany Brissett's aging during the show, because all three of those kids aged. The series producers had Ted give Vicky an upgrade in the series' third season. What does that mean? He aged her face. Oh, God. Dressed her in modern clothes. Okay, so they do do this, and... 
in season three and allowed her to eat and drink. The food passed through her naturally and the drink cooled her internal system. Alright. Well, I guess that's about as much of an explanation as we're gonna get, right? Alright, let's go through the cast of characters. It kind of gives their names, who they're played by, and their role on the show. Ted Lawson, played by Dick Christie, Jamie's father, Joan's husband, and Vicky's creator. A robotics engineer who originally created the Vicky robot as a domestic servant with a female child's appearance. That's very, very creepy and also illegal. Joan Lawson, played by Marla Pennington. Ted's wife and Jamie's mother, Joan, more than anyone else on the show, regards Vicky as a real person. Good for you, Joan. One of you has to do that. Jamie Lawson, played by Jerry, let's see if I pronounce the name right, Suprian? Super, Superian? I'm sure I'll find out how to pronounce it properly. The 10-year-old son of Ted and Joan. Harriet Brindle, who's played by Emily Schulman. I've seen this girl do little bit roles in other things. Uh, Mr. Belvedere, she was the bratty Wesley type of another family that Belvedere... It was in the episode Moonlighting, I believe, was season four. And she was the annoying brat child on that. Um, she was also an episode of The Wonder Years. I think it was in The Unnatural, the episode where Kevin has to write a obituary on himself. I think I believe it's in season towards the end of season three. And also the show Elf. <laughs> she played this like prissy, semi-stuck-up girl in a scene who gets a kitten from the Tanner family. Not the Full House Tanners, the other Tanners, the Elf Tanners. Um, and she says how she wanted a Persian or, or a Himalayan. And the, her father, who she says, oh, you'll have to forgive my father, he works with his hands. Like, yeah, sweetie, he's a mechanic. And I'm sure the money he makes is going to put you into a very good college. But he's like, oh, here, this kitty looks um, fuzzy like a Himalayan. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, okay. Uh, the nosy neighbor's daughter who has a crush on Jamie. Guys, she does this every time. It's like her signature thing on the show and in every episode. She's like, opens the back door from the in the kitchen. She opens the door a crack peeks her head in and then says something lovey-dovey to Jamie, like calling him hot lips or cute butt or... We'll get to that. We'll get to all of those things she calls him. And jo Jamie could not be more grossed out by Harriet. Are there any nice Harriets in the world? I mean, think about it. Little House on the Prairie. Harriet Olsen. Was she ever nice? Hardly ever. Harriet Brindle, annoying as hell. Ooh. Oh, by the way, this podcast is going to be um, rated E. So just be forewarned. Yeah. All right, let's get to Vicky. Victoria, quote unquote, Vicky Ann Smith hyphen Lawson. 
Holy fuck nuts. That is a long ass name. Where does the Smith come from? Is that Joan's maiden name? I don't know. Played by Tiffany Brissett. A robot modeled after a real human girl. The robot was a voice input child identikit. But was nicknamed Vicky. She has real hair and real skin. She possesses superhuman strength and speed and runs on atomic power. Vicky has an access panel in her back, an electric socket in her right armpit, and an RS-232 serial port under her left armpit. Vicky's artificial intelligence is not perfect. She is incapable of emotion, speaks in a monotone voice, and interprets most commands literally. She does manage to blend into the real world to a point. Yeah, I bet she does. Vicky attends school, and no one but her family members and a few trusted friends know her secret. Occasionally, Vicky had rare abilities that seemed to appear in one or two episodes, such as elongating her neck to reach a door's peephole, shrinking her size to become as small as a doll, or making herself ten feet tall to get noticed by everyone. Somehow, she could also channel enough electricity through her hands to jumpstart a car, or, with more control, restart a person's heart after suffering a coronary. One reoccurring theme was that Vicky had a super-powered learning system which enabled her to improve something such as a new detergent or a greatly or greatly increased the gas mileage of cars, which Jamie often saw as a chance to get rich quick, only to find her improvements were not perfect. Vicky lives in a cabinet in Jamie's bedroom and becomes more human-like over the course of the show. Well... Eventually, they're going to have to, because you know kids, they get older. I mean, even shows, I mean, even though this show only ran for four seasons, those kids started out when they probably were like 10 or 11. And then by the time the show ended, they were probably like 13, 14, close to 15 years old. And Vic, Vicky's a robot. You can't age a robot. So, that upgrade explaining the season three, I mean, they had to do something, right? The other kids, Harriet and and Jamie were fine. They're normal kids. They're going to grow. But you gotta explain Vicky. Alright, we got some reoccurring characters. We have Brandon Brindle, played by William Bogart, Harriet's father, becomes Ted Lawson's boss. Oh, good grief! Are you kidding me? After stealing Ted's ideas... Oh, slap this fucking man. Slap him. I would have beat him to a... No, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. But I'd be pretty pissed. Bonnie Brindle, played by We All Know Her and Love This Nice Lady. Edie McClurg, such a sweetheart. Harriet's mother and Brandon's wife... She was written out after the second season, after McClurg joined the cast of The Hogan Family. Now, that I know, because I watched The Hogan Family, too. Though Bonnie appears one more time in a third season episode, Ida Mae Brindle, Alice Ghostly, Brandon's outspoken know-it-all sister, who is nearly identical to his wife, Bonnie. That's fucking nasty. That is fucking gross. But whatever. Um... Because they have to have somebody in place. 
what is the explanation then to her being gone? Like, oh, she's vacationing. Oh, she's just getting groceries. Oh, she's at um, the dry cleaners. Like, you can only explain away your wife's disappearance for so long before someone's gonna someone's gonna suspect. Like, did you murder your wife? Where is she? Reggie Williams, played by Paul C. Scott. Jamie's best friend and sometimes rival. Jessica, played by Lee Lehan Jones, Jamie's sometime girlfriend. Okay. Warren Enright. I remember Warren. He was kind of a, a heavy set boy with slick black uh slicked back blonde greasy hair with glasses. He's played by Daryl Bartley, Jamie's sometime school friend. Vanessa. Oh, we get to Vanessa. Also played by Tiffany Brissett. Evil robot who looks identical to Vicky, but does not speak in monotone. Seen in seasons three and four. Yeah, we're not going to get to Vanessa. Ted, why did you build another damn robot? Why? You have Vicky. We don't need it. Not to mention, I mean, at least they give Vicky uh, the actress Tiffany uh, a bit of a change in season 3 and 4 for her not to have to speak in that damn monotone voice. So that had to have been really gotten old after a while. Like, this is assistant set director Paul D. Blanchard. Not sure what that's about. Alright, let's jump on IMDb and see see what they got to say. Alright, I hopped on to IMDb here, and the series as a whole, the rating is 7.1 out of 10, based on 4,012 ratings. Alrighty. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Let's let's jump into some trivia. Okay. Candace Cameron Bure, Taylor Neff, I'm not sure who that is, and Heather O'Rourke. You guys may remember her from The Poltergeist. The first two, uh, all three, actually, she was in all three before she passed. Um, they all auditioned for the role of Vicky. Now, think about this. Can you imagine if Candace Cameron Bure was, uh, ex- had been offered the role of Vicky? How different, how different Full House would have been if they would have cast someone else as Can or as DJ Tanner. I mean, we we wouldn't, you know. And that's the thing. Then, if Candace Cameron had been on Small Wonders, that show lasted for four years, and Full House started in '87, and that lasted for you know eight years. So, wow. Small world. Small, small world, really. Seth Green screen tested for the part of Jamie Lawson. I I can't see Seth Green. I just, I can't see him in that role. So this would have been before he had been in the TV movie It. And before he'd done other, I think he was in Can't Buy Me Love. He was in that, and I'm not sure what year that movie came out. Edie McClurk, like it says, left the show during the third season to be cast in a full-time role on Valerie in 1986, also known as Valerie's Family, The Hogan's, and The Hogan Family. Holy moly moo. 
Wow, that show went through a lot of title changes. Valerie's family, the Hogan's, the Hogan's, no, Valerie, Valerie's family, the Hogan's, and the Hogan family. That's four title changes. During the last two seasons, her character Bonnie was referred to off-camera and largely replaced by Brandon's sister, Ida May, played by Alice Ghostly. Okay, so she was referred to off-camera. Like, they probably said she's at the store, she's at the post office, the dry cleaner, the blah, 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 she's going to school again, blah, 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 yeah, whatever. Oh, here we go. A season three episode, The Russians Are Coming, became somewhat infamous for featuring a joke that was considered so awful, the studio audience could actually be heard groaning at it. Ooh. We'll have to look for that when we get to season three. Oh, no. Yeah, I thought that too when I was looking at the season finale synopsis. I'm like, wow, that just seems like... It was canceled in 89 by Fox without a traditional series finale. I'm kind of wondering if for some sitcoms, if that was the way of how things went... Because if you think of some other sitcoms, they don't get wrapped up in a bow at the end. The only one I can think of that really does, like it's a good send-off, is Growing Pains. Because it shows the family selling the house, moving to D.C. Well, I mean, Jason, Maggie, uh, Ben, and Chrissy move. Um, I don't know, Ben and or um, Mike and Carol... They move on with their lives because they're all, they're both over 20 years old. But uh, that gets a nice send-off. It's sweet and it's endearing and, and everything. So, yeah. But this one is just like, look! What about, or even uh, the series finale of Silver Spoons. Sp I mean, spoiler alert, they wind up, like, stranded at, or snowed in at this ski lodge. And then that's how the show ends. I'm like, well, did they die? What happened? We will never know. I just think that's such a cop-out. And it's so unfair. Okay, the show was sold to over 20 countries in the international market, including Europe and South Africa. Or South America. I'm sorry, guys. It became quite popular in India. And in France, the show was titled Super Vicky. Oh, that's kind of cool. Mm. Oh, I just got a notification. Someone liked my photo. That's cute. As tapings took place on Friday afternoons, scenes that utilize detailed special effects like chroma keying, also known as blue screen, were taped the day before without a studio audience. Probably to keep, like, the effects... You know, they didn't want the probably the people to know how they did things. Broadcasted on Star Plus in India in 2000. The show's producer slash writer Howard Leeds developed the show's concept in the early 1980s. He initially had a deal at NBC, but they eventually passed where it was later sold to Metro Media, where it went into first-run syndication. Oh, Wow. Edie McClurg appeared on both Valerie slash The Hogan Family and Small Wonder co-currently throughout the late 80s. Well, yeah, we've said that, that. We already know that. Why are you putting it at the bottom of the trivia? You've already stated that. 
Let's see. I want to read a, a, a couple user reviews here. One says, unfairly criticized. Small Wonder was a show I enjoyed watching when I was a little kid. And I would probably enjoy it today. Unfortunately, I haven't seen it in reruns since 95 or so. Over the years, I have heard and read quite a few negative comments about SW, both here at IMDb and elsewhere. In response to those unjust criticisms, I say this. It's a light sitcom about a robot girl. A 10-year-old robot girl. This isn't groundbreaking television through the special effects. Though the special effects were decent for a low-budget TV series. Yeah, I think per episode it was like 300,000 that they were allowed to use. I think that's what the trivia said. It's a small wonder... One of the main reasons why I enjoyed this series was Tiffany Brissett as Vicky. She did not express much emotion because of her role as a robot, of course. But she still displayed enough charm and good comedic timing to keep you watching. It is unfortunate that the talented Brissett did not have any other major TV or film roles during her acting career. I did see, look at her IMDb. It looks like one thing she might have had a small role in was an episode of Parker Lewis Can't Lose. And I watched that show, but I definitely don't remember her being in it. Some other comments about SW. My favorite supporting character was easily Reggie, played by Paul C. Scott, Jamie's best friend and the show's token black character. He was always able to score with the girls through his smooth and confident demeanor, while Jamie always ended up looking like a dork. Speaking of Jamie, whatever happened to Jerry Superian? Like Brissette, he showed a lot of promise, but apparently dropped off the face of the earth when the show was canceled. Um, I do remember, and this was before Small Wonder, because I watch this every Christmas. It's the season 8 episode of Little House on the Prairie, the Christmas they never forgot. And he played young Almanzo, but he had blonde hair. And he was so, I'm like, where do I know? Even Jeremy's like, where do I know this kid from? He looks so familiar. I'm like, it's Jamie from Small Wonder. I do. Oh, here we go. Oh, I do agree with SW haters about at least one thing. Harriet Brindle, played by Emily Schulman. She wasn't just annoying. She was annoying. Hi. Bye. Oh, the humanity. Oh, my God. I'm going to roast that character when I get to her. As if Harriet wasn't bad enough, there was Mrs. Brindle, Edie McClurg. I remember this so much. The no, 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 no. <laughs> Again, one word. Annoying. Overall, I enjoyed SW for what it was. An entertaining sitcom with a silly premise. I would definitely love to see it in reruns again someday. And to that previous reviewer who suggested the idea of a school based on teaching Small Wonder, I would sign up immediately. Aww. Alright. Let's see. We got some other ones. Okay. Oh, here we go. Classic 80s comedy. I had a crush on Vicky when I was seven years old. Small wonder. Ooh, you had a crush on a 10 year old when you were seven? Well, whatever. I mean, it's. People do it. People have crushes on older people. I had a crush on my teacher when I was 11. 
Well, okay. Uh, Small Wonder, whenever I see it, reminds me of my childhood glory years from 85 to 89. It has the same formula plots that Full House would later use. Only there's two kids, if you can call Vicky a kid, instead of three. Vicky's a robot that Ted Lawson created. This was back in the early computer boom of the mid-80s, so the show fit in with its pop culture surroundings. Since Ted and his wife always wanted a little girl... Oh, okay. The problem is each week they go through stunt after stunt to keep Vicky's robot identity a secret. And to make their neighbors believe she's a real little girl. It didn't help that Ted dressed her up in the same Raggedy Ann type dress with the high socks for the first couple seasons. Or that she spoke in a monotonic robot voice. Throw in a wisecracking son and a boy crazy girl next door, Harriet, and you have yourself a classic sitcom. In season three, they humanized her more as Ted put a chip in Vicky so she could talk like normal people do. Why did they do that? Well, uh, and they bought her actual clothes so she wouldn't look like... You're telling me that dress, that dress that she wore fit by the end of season two. I'm taking it Joan must have had to let that dress out a little bit for the actress to grow. Let's see. So she wouldn't look like a doll anymore. It was typical 80s garb, mind you. When I watch reruns nowadays, I laugh at myself for actually loving the show back in the day. I put it up there with Elf and Charles in Charge when I talk about my favorite 80s sitcoms. There's a bunch of them, and I don't want to do all of them. I might, like, save some for, like, at the end of the episode. Also, um, the episodes are currently available on YouTube. That's how I was able to get season three and four. So that way, if you guys do want to watch along with the show as I review it, you can. Um, I'm also going to pull some YouTube comments from the episodes. I think that's going to be fun to kind of how I did with Punky Brewster. Uh, that podcast when the, I should have just gotten the others before they yanked it off of YouTube. I'm like, oh, but I love doing the comments. So I want to try to get all of these ones for this one. So that way I can like do the comments towards the end of the episode. Um, I haven't decided the rating system yet, but, um, I'm going to think on that more. I'm thinking like maybe, um, gosh, what would I think? Um, like, nuts and bolts, like, the nuts and bolts rating or something like that, because Vicky's are, or microchips, or something like that, or, um, something computer-related with Vicky, I think would be a cool rating. Um, uh, let's see, what can I think of for, like, a, um, something, I think it would be cool to do something, like, computer-related, like, oh, I just... Um, got this data report or something and, and give my advice like what I thought of the episode overall or um, like the Wonderling Words of Wisdom or uh, Punky's Principles or um, A Silver Spoonful and stuff like that so um, I'm excited for this this is actually this ep- first episode season one is probably going to go up um I'd say February 2nd, I think that might work. I really think that would work so that we we start it in February because season two of Silver Spoons is starting, I think, um, 
the week of February 3rd. So I think that would work out great. Um, I kind of want to do this as a weekly podcast. I might stick with that. And then um, Growing Pains is going to be... I think that one might be either once or twice a month. We'll see. Um, depending on which show gets more listeners, I might, I, I really want to stick. I really, I, I've seen a lot of the Growing Pain, you know, almost pretty, I've seen all of the Growing Pains episodes and stuff like that, but I'm really, really hyped for the Small Wonder thing, and I'm happy that, you know, I got the first two seasons on DVD, and, you know, I'm so happy that I can actually do all of the episodes because I was able to grab them on YouTube, so... Oh, this is going to be so much fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. And I hope you guys look forward to it, too. So, all right. This is, like I said, this is an introductory episode. So, I hope you enjoy what I've had to say so far on the show. And I hope you come back uh, February 2nd for the first episode. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye.